Heavenly Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus, and we pray that um, this sermon will fall on good soil, that you would anoint me and you will hide me behind the cross, that I may speak with simplicity, clarity, and power. Father, I pray that you remove any distractions from anybody that's watching this service right now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Today, I want to speak to you about the disciples of Christ. And I want to remind you, brothers and sisters, if you're watching this right now, you hear the sound of my voice. I want to remind you that you are a disciple of Christ, that you are a learner of the ways of Jesus Christ. Today's text scripture, um, I want you to, to, to check out with me. First, first one, we're going to look at Ephesians, right? Ephesians chapter 3, verse 9 through 11. And the apostle Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, which is in Turkey. I was chosen, chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in all this was to use the church that's you and I, to display his wisdom in his rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in heavenly places. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus, our Lord. The book of Titus, chapter one, verse two. This truth gives them confidence that they have eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised them before the world began. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20. Then Jesus, this is after this is the resurrection, Jesus is talking to the apostles, the disciples, that Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So the big idea today is we have to see the cosmic impact of our decisions to become not just followers of Christ, but disciples of Christ that will take the great commandment and the great commission seriously. We have to be committed to continuing the legacy of a remnant of people that continue to carry the mystery and history of the church. You know, there's a threat in every generation. There's a threat to the existence of the church, whether it's um, martyrdom, whether it's hardships, whether it's cultural. And, you know, a lot of times Christians feel like, oh, we're in exile, we're in political exile and the politicians don't like us and Bill Maher makes fun of us. But listen, this has been going on since the beginning of the church, but there's a remnant of people that make sure it doesn't die with them. Brothers and sisters, I want you to look at your children and I want you to make sure that you are discipling your children, that you and I, to our last breath, will say Jesus is Lord. And not only you and I, but our children and our children's children and their children's children until the Lord comes back part of a chain and this generation is not going to be the weakest link and if the lord is coming back then just like uh when jesus turned the water into wine then he's saving the best for last so brothers and sisters let's look at the big 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 picture right and and i wrote some things i learned from um 
Frank Viola in, in one of his books, um, The Eternal Purposes of God, right? And says God's, so there's seven components of the big picture. God's eternal purpose is conceived in the eternal eternity past. Second thing, man, humanity is created to fulfill God's eternal purpose. Third thing that happened is that humanity falls. And Jesus, the fourth thing is Jesus comes to save man. We know that. And then the fifth thing is Jesus imparts the divine life through the Holy Ghost and gives birth to the organism of his body, the church, right? The body of Christ, the bride of Christ. The body of Christ fulfills God's eternal purpose on earth. Now, lastly, Jesus marries his bride and Christ becomes all in all. And you look at this, you're like, oh, Pastor Ed, this is pretty deep. This is cool. But, but I need you to understand that most Christians don't understand the order. They think the Bible starts in Genesis chapter 3, right? The Bible, the, the plan of God even starts before Genesis 1, right? When Ephesians says, before all this, there was a mystery hidden in the sun. And guess what's hidden in the sun? The church. Just the way Eve was in Adam's side, the church was on Christ's side. And so it makes you think about Star Wars. And you're like, Star Wars? Remember Star Wars in 1977? Many of you guys weren't even born yet. Some of you guys were little. I remember my first memory was looking at a poster, Star Wars poster in 1977. I was three years old. And in 1977, the first Star Wars was called A New Hope, right? 1977, that's a long time ago. And then in 1980, I remember, oh, this was, I remember, this Empire Strikes Back. Who remembers Empire Strikes Back, right? With the at, at and the snow and the, I believe it's, no, it's not what Ewoks. Then the third one was Return of the Jedi. And I saw that in a school trip. The Return of the Jedi was the third one in 1983. Now, the thing is this, New Hope, Star Wars 1, was really the fourth movie, the fourth motion of the story. Empire Strikes Back was really the fifth one. We caught the story in the middle. And Return of the Jedi was the last one. And years later, years later, 1999, the first movie of it, Phantom Menace, came out. In 2002, with Jar Jar Binks, The Attack of the Clones came out in 2002. And then in 2005 was the third one, Revenge of the Sith. Now, I say that because when you look at this, I'll go back here. Most Christians know only two episodes of the story I shared earlier. Man falls and Jesus comes to save men. Some churches even know number five. Jesus imparts the divine life and gives birth to the organism of his body. But most of the followers of Christ has never seen all seven episodes. So they are so unclear on God's eternal purpose. So as disciples, sometimes we need to take a step back and not just look at these with a microscope, but look at things with a telescope. So let's, look, let's take a closer look at the mystery of the church. God sent his son to the earth to lay the groundwork for his eternal plan. Jesus and the 12 disciples prefigured God's eternal plan in Galilee. At the appointed time, God the Father sent his eternal son to the earth and the son will become the embodiment of all the symbols embedded into creation. He will also fulfill the nation of Israel's foreshadowed, right? Um, for instance, Jesus was tested in the wilderness for 40 days, 
like the way Israel was tested for 40 years. Jesus experienced the same exact temptations Israel experienced in the wilderness. Um, when Jesus said to Satan on three occasions, um, he was direct quoting Moses. Um, when Jesus 12, chose the 12 disciples, it was a representation and a picture of the 12 tribes of Israel. So Jesus chose his disciples to continue the message and the church. They were men and women whose lives were shaken at the core. They were people who sacrificed it all for the church. And ever since the resurrection to now, the kingdom of God has faced challenges, crises, and threats. But the church keeps on trucking because there will always be a remnant of believers that take the responsibility of discipleship seriously. That they serve God with a sense of urgency. That they serve God feasting on his presence. They learn to sacrifice with a smile. So what do dynamic disciples do? And you know all this. I'm just here to remind you. The disciples love God. They love their neighbor. And guess what? They love each other. Remember when Jesus washed Peter's feet? And he says that you'll be blessed if you do this to each other. Right? We have to learn to support each other. When, like, when one of us have a fire, we support each other. When somebody dies, we support each other. When, when children go back to school, we support each other. Second thing is disciples encourage each other, right? We encourage each other in the Lord. We cheer for each other. The third thing is disciples fellowship, right? Now fellowship is not just eating sushi, but is, is sharing your experience, sharing your breakthroughs, sharing your trials, sharing your testimony, sharing your spiritual gifts of one another. The fourth thing is disciples pray and worship, right? Uh, the Father's house should be called the house of prayer. We are wired to worship. That's why there's so much idolatry. That's why like people look up to celebrities so much and people worship uh, creation over the creator because we are wired to worship. God has called us to be like prophets and priests and kings. We are wired to worship. The Lord is not looking for just members of the church. He's looking for disciples. He's looking for priests who will keep the fire burning every morning. Disciples study the Bible. Disciples suffer with supernatural strength. And disciples multiply from the inside out, right? They are spirit-filled and spirit-spilled. And that as they bear the fruit of the spirit, people are, are encouraged and people eat off our love. People eat off our joy. People eat off our peace, our patience, our kindness, our goodness, our gentleness, and our self-control. We're, we're not just healthy, we're healthful. And we help people. Right? We're the salt and the light. We help people who are in darkness. We are salt. We make people thirsty for the living waters of God. Romans chapter 8, verse 18 through 19 says, I consider that our present suffering are not worth comparing to what will be revealed in us. For the creation awaits eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Listen, when we when we step out in our glory body, whoo, when we step out and we, and, and, and we rule and reign with Christ, we're going to look like heroes. We're going to judge angels. Beloved, we have greatness waiting for us. We have eternity waiting for us. We have to continue to contend for our crown. 
The great cloud of witnesses watching us and cheering for us. So in conclusion, the earth awaits a group of disciples in every city who will receive him, right? Utterly complete, they'll receive Christ, will feast, not just fast, but feast on the words of Christ, right? Read the red and pray for the power. A group of followers who will enthrone Christ as the absolute Lord over their lives, lives. Before they talk about Bernie, before they talk about Trump, before they talk about Biden, they're talking about Jesus. A group of followers who will stand for and submit to the Lord's headship. A group of followers who will sit under the Lord Jesus Christ and esteem him above all else. A group of followers who will give themselves fully to him and to one another. You know, I was talking to uh, brother to Chaplain Peter, Pastor Ray, and I said I love boxes with love. But man, brothers and sisters, I I I I, I yearn for the time where every in-person service, every last Sunday of the month, there's a form of boxes of love. There's a form of of coat drive that we are blessing each other with new stuff. We are blessing each other with opportunities. We are blessing each other with finances. We are blessing each other. That's what the body of Christ is supposed to be about. That we give ourselves fully to the Lord and, and the representation to the Lord's body, to one another. A group of followers who are willing to waste their lives on Jesus, both individually and corporately. The earth waits, awaits of such a group. The kingdom of God continues because of this group, because of this remnant. And may our Lord have what he's been, his soul longs for, a unified church, a, a tribe of disciples, a modern Bethany, a here and now, and you and me. And when you and I pay the price to make this happen, are we willing to sacrifice to come to church once or twice a month, no matter what, even if we have to walk in the snow with our tacos and church shoes, even if we have to save up for our Uber, that we'll be willing to give God our best, not just leftover, but our time, our talent, our treasure, that we will grab the man to a prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you and I pray for this group of dynamic disciples that we will pick up this mantle, that we will continue this chain, that, that we would lay hands on our children, that we will lead our whole family to the Lord, that we will lay hands on our grandchildren, that we will speak life, that we will anoint them with oil, that, that this, this, this tribe doesn't end with us, that we will pick up the mantle and run with this vision and pass the mantle before we die. And that we will contend for our crown and remember whose we are and who we are and where we're going. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.